You're listening to an irreverent podcast. Visit Irreverent FM for more content from my friends. Hello, hello, and welcome to Bad Words, an evangelical podcast where we give toxic theology the read that it deserves by taking another look at some of the books that have been given major influence in evangelical Christianity. This season, we are reading Wild at Heart by John Eldridge and Captivating by John and Stacey Eldridge, losing the plot on manhood and womanhood one chapter at a time. I am your host, Janice Legata, and I'll be ripping up this week's chapter with a good member of the Bad Book Club. Co-host, introduce yourself, please. My name is Jenna. I used to be a worship pastor, music teacher, youth pastor, and uh, due to my commitment to following Jesus, I was kind of pushed out of that circle and got real upset for a while. And now I'm kind of past the angry part of it, just more like now what, you know, like having kids is weird because my entire family is trying to indoctrinate them. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I think like little things like my six-year-old, if he says something about church, I have to be like, we don't go to church. Like I can't do that because then that makes it more interesting to him. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's interesting to grandma. So I'm trying to, trying to figure that out. So they're young enough right now that it's not, it's not too, it's not too hard, yeah. but that's, that's kind of where I'm projecting, like thinking about. So a quote about my life story. Oops, I did it again. <laughs> I find myself trusting too much and realizing that not trust. It's like, it's like a, it's more naivete still. I think lingering from growing up in that real, in that steeped evangelical culture where I'm surprised by people's actions and things that have been really helpful to me. I mean, it, it, it does, it is shallow, but it's like watching TV and like watching things. Like I remember watching the good wife when it was on. Mm-hmm. and succession watching people fuck with other people's lives to get control to steal it and be fine with it mm-hmm. and it, how brazen it is and that is real life and it is like that like when i was working at a christian school and i was working at the church like i didn't have an understanding of no there's still it's like that you know because i was still very much like you know Politics. There, I didn't know there was politics, but there is. And so um, that's something that I'm still kind of learning when developing closer relationships is, okay, no, this is, this, you, you can't trust everyone. I don't know. And I'm still learning that. I'm still surprised when somebody is like, does something that's kind of like backstabbing or, and it sounds dramatic, but I realize I still have this like naive mindset. And that's kind of what I'm working out of without turning into trust no one, not even me. Excellent. So we'll get started with the reading of the opening paragraph. We'll have a discussion and then hear the closing paragraph and send you on your way. For additional context and conversation and the option to listen to these episodes with no ads, I invite you to join the people of Jod by becoming a Jodly or Jod-willing patron on Patreon. But either way, I'm happy you're here and I hope you're ready because without further ado, let's get into... Wild at Heart, Chapter 3. Our local zoo had for years one of the biggest African lions I've ever seen. A huge male, nearly 500 pounds, with a wonderful mane and absolutely enormous paws. Panthera Leo, the king of the beasts, 
Sure, he was caged, but I'm telling you the bars offered small comfort when you stood within six feet of something that in any other situation saw you as an easy lunch. Honestly, when I took my boys there as children, I felt I ought to shepherd them past him at a safe distance, as if he could pounce on us if he really wanted to. Yet he was my favorite, and whenever the others would wander onto the monkey house or the tigers, I'd double back just for a few more minutes in the presence of something so powerful and noble and deadly. Perhaps it was fear mingled with admiration, perhaps it was simply that my heart broke for the big old cat. So yes, wild at heart. Where, when, how, why did you first become aware of this book? Well, it was being circulated so that the two books were being pushed around together. This would be mid, mid-aughts, right, that this was happening? Well, it depends on when you, you picked it up, but it's been out since early, early aughts. So, because I have, like, my church experience started here. I moved here to Eugene in 2003 and went to Christian college. And everything over the last 20 years has stemmed from that. But then I was deeply entrenched at my home church. And sometimes the overlap, I have to think of, like, what circle I was in when this book came out. So probably I, probably the year 2000, it was going around. But it, it, that was the boy book. But it's kind of a... Trojan horse, isn't it? Because it's the boy book, but so that the women understand the boys, right? Yep, exactly that. And that's how I read it. It was kind of like like a manual. Oh, okay, weird. Yeah. So did you read both or just this one? No, no. Captivating would have been too. um, I don't have captivating. See what you did there. Yes, I would have been captivated by it. <laughs> At that time, I was deeply uncomfortable with my own femininity, and I I couldn't have read it because everything about it would have been something that I and maybe I should read it just to see what I was rejecting. I'm making blanket judgments because I didn't read it because I was too uncomfortable. I didn't fit into the. I just didn't in that way. It's like a on A League of Their Own, the movie, when Marla Hooch is desperately trying to make it through, what's that called? Beauty school or whatever? Beauty school, yeah. <laughs> That's how I felt reading that book. So I did not read that. I did go through Wild at Heart because I wanted to understand voice. And that book popped in and out for many years after, just in different book clubs and circles. And probably it's still happening right now. Probably, yeah. It is, it is. So now in 2022, because I gave everyone the option of which one they wanted to read. So why did you pick Wild at Heart instead of challenging yourself with a chapter of Captivating? Because I wanted to look at something that was ridiculous rather than something that would irritate me and make me angry. I wasn't in the mood for a, I was in the, I'm in the mood for something that's silly, not in the mood to like yell at you for an hour. I would just get to, I'm feeling zen right now at this literal moment. Yeah, (laughs) we're about to change that (laughs) real quick. What chapter did you have and what was it about? Okay, chapter three, the question that haunts every man. And I never quite identified the question. I read this a few days ago. I've looked at it again this morning. Does he seem like an angry person when you, because you've read this whole book, right? What is a man for? Is that the question? What am I for? Okay, that makes more sense. Well, spoiler alert. The question is, do I have what it takes? Oh, right. Okay. And what, what, for what though? Like to what end? 
do you want to go to battle? Literal battle? Because you can. You can join the army. If you crave violence or whatever, then you can't. If you want to fight a literal battle, unfortunately, there is very easily the means to do so. No, no, you're absolutely right. And yeah, a question that I wrote in here, because he he takes a lot of shots at office work and, yes. you know, taxes, crunching numbers and blah, 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 whatever. And I, I think that's really diminishing. I think those are real battles. I think people do find joy in figuring out this math problem, figuring out whatever. That is a battle. And like to diminish that and be like, that doesn't, that doesn't count. But then but the question. Kind of disparaging himself. Yeah. Sorry, I mean, but then the question that it came down to for me, because he keeps using this word dangerous, right. dangerous. He uses it in the previous chapters and later chapters. And, you know, you want to be a dangerous, dangerous man. So then my question was, okay, who was Jesus dangerous to? Because I think this book makes men dangerous to other men, to women. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to have a battle to fight, Jesus was dangerous to systems, to, mm-hmm. you know, customs and the ways of the day. There are plenty of battles you could be fighting. John, what are you fighting? What systems are you fighting? Because that's that's what I walked away from. And like, if it's if I clearly missed the point, please shove it in my face. But like, what like what do you want to be fighting mm-hmm. when you fear when you fear you're going to be exposed? What is being exposed? Right. Like, what is it you're posing for? And at the same time, like what you said, like taxes and office work, but then he himself was embarrassed by the fact that he has to take his car to the mechanic. Like, okay, well, so are you disappointing yourself because you didn't learn, like there are certain skills that you wish that you had. And rather than saying, oh, I wish I could do that. You're like, I'm not a man. Right. He seems very disappointed with himself, really. Yeah. Yeah. I would think I would. I would think so. I think in this chapter he mentions that he's a theater guy, right? That he worked in. Yes. Okay, right. and I that just like when I, when I read that, I thought, okay, I think I know what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. I, I think I might understand why you don't know how to change the oil. I think I might understand. Just say it. So he said it without saying it. I'm not going to say it, but <laughs> I don't I'll wanna, say I don't. that I felt I felt betrayed. I was like, "How are you? You you should be one of my people. You you obviously you obviously love the arts. This book is is more movie quotes and callbacks Absolutely. and references and yes. poetry. Like yes, there's a lot going on here. Well, and he had the way that he the the small part that I read about his theater experience wasn't like it sounded like he had theater experience mm-hmm. with just the way I mean I'm I'm not a theater person I appreciate the art for what it is but I can't speak the lingo and it's and he was speaking the lingo <laughs> like yeah. this was a person that was involved in that community in that art form and I wonder what, I mean why he felt why he felt he had to leave that lest I be accused of having compassion for this man yeah, this is every man's deepest fear to be exposed, to be found out, to be discovered as an imposter and not really a man. And it's like, I think that's your fear, John. And that's why you left the theaters, because that's not a real man's work. Right, right. A, a real man's work. 
I was thinking, I was thinking a lot about my husband while reading this because he is someone, he, he's a farmer, but that is like, he, he went to a welding school. And so like a lot of the parts of farming is you have to work on your own equipment. You have to, to get certifications to use certain chemicals and there's just kind of a lot, there's a lot of brain work. I would never let him hear me talking so highly of his, it's never. Um, but I was thinking about one of the things that I didn't know I appreciated about him was that he is a a literal safe person. Like he is often like complains about the other guys, like not wearing gloves or not wearing helmets or not placing a ladder correctly, like things that are safe. And it's like, I, I don't, I don't understand why being dangerous is, Oh, I have, I'm sorry. I'm just rambling. My point was, he is he is capable of doing these things. Like something breaks in our house, he can fix it. Something goes wrong with our car, he can fix it. But to his detriment, because for our car recently, he, which I'm very grateful for, he purchased this, I don't remember, like some kind of warranty coverage so that he won't ever have to work on it for the next 10 years. Hmm. Because it's like, it is a good, it is a good skill that not everyone has to have. And he appreciates having that skill. But sometimes it's like, I have the means to pay someone else to do this, but I feel like I should do it myself because I can. Mm -hmm. So, so here's a person who can do it and has the means to say, no, it's too much time for me to spend here. I'm going to pay someone else to do it. Like, I don't understand why these skills are determining the worth of manhood, I think. So I don't know. Yeah. And it's all so, it's also visual. Like it's like living vicariously, like looking at other people and being like, oh, that's, that's a man. That's, that's what I should be. And again, like, like diminishing, diminishing people, men who work in offices, diminishing right. men who work with numbers. Right. And based on, based on what, but then I was like, oh, this is, this is to me, this insecure man trying to, I don't know. Like, I don't even know. I don't know what he's trying to do. Cause like this book is not saying I'm a theater guy and that's, that's great. Be a theater guy. He's like, I'm a theater guy and that's fine, but I'm a real man because I also <laughs> like the outdoors and I, I climb mountains and you know, I, this book, this book is a work of fiction. It's, it's stupid and it's fiction. He talks in the beginning about the zoo and this lion oh. couldn't even hold the story together for two pages. I love to go see this lion, a huge male, ne- nearly 500 pounds with a wonderful mane and absolutely enormous paws. And, you know, he talks about, you know, how he feels so dangerous around this lion. He wants to shepherd his boys, you know, past it, lest it, lest it pounds. Okay, that sounds that sounds wonderful. Not a page later. He wants it to swipe at him. He wants it to swipe, but then he says, but he just lay there, weary with that deep weariness that comes from boredom, taking shallow breaths, rolling now and then from side to side. For after years of living in a cage, a lion no longer even believes it's a lion. Instead, he spent every hour of every day and every night of every year alone in a cage smaller than your bedroom. What kind of zoo is keeping a giant lion in this tiny cage 
So you were just talking about how majestic it is and how you love to go. This is your favorite thing to look at. Other people, they move on to the monkey house and look at the tigers, but I go back and I look at the lion because he's so majestic. And I, you know, <laughs> I wish he would take a swipe at me. But then uh, one paragraph later, oh, but the poor thing, he's in a cage yeah. smaller than your bedroom and he can barely rouse himself to roll over. Yeah, a big old cat. The big old cat calls it. <laughs> My heart broke for the my heart broke for the big old cat. Heart broke. A minute ago you wanted to be him and now your heart breaks for him. And that is this whole book. Mm -hmm. This is hit this book is about him and what he wishes he could be, in my opinion. It's like if I was to write something about myself and it was my ideal life. Fan fiction about himself. About, about himself. <laughs> we have we have discovered a new genre. <laughs> yeah i'm gonna stop tripping iron man with captain america and ship myself with myself <laughs> this is just like like he's trying to convince himself the lion thing was weird mm -hmm. the lion no longer even believes it's a lion a man no longer believes he's a man what is the cage that he's in that he left the theater i mean i don't understand where he met his wife? Well, 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 I guess I guess we get to the cage that he's in. And it does sound like the cage that most men are in is women, because this this is this chapter goes on to be about Adam and how he ended up not being his full male self. Right. If if that's like the the first version of man and then he fails fails so spectacularly. I mean, did God fuck it up right from the beginning? Men are angry, and we, we really don't know why. I, I would love, I, I should just, there's no context in where this wouldn't be weird to ask Chad these questions. Like, I just imagine, like, being like, so are you afraid of being exposed? And he'd be like, for what? <laughs> are you angry? Sometimes, I guess. Do you know why? <laughs> yeah. uh, on a scale from one to ten, how much of a poser are you? <laughs> Who are you really? And why are you too afraid to let me see that? What cage are you in? <laughs> He's like, right now, I went in one with you. <laughs> and then, like, how come there are so many sports widows losing their husband each weekend to the golf course or the TV? Why are men so addicted to sports? Okay, that personally offends me because it is the reverse in my house. This particular harvest season is really brutal. And so he's gone 12, 14 hours a day for about six to eight weeks. So fall TV and all things sports is what gets me through October. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of problematic things within the professional sports world. This I do know. I feel somewhat hypocritical participating in the fandom but I have to stay alive. So, you know, I get on my little DraftKings app and I have a stake in, be it only a dollar, I have a stake in like almost every professional game going. I am really into it. I think it annoys Chad, but if he's going to be gone, you know, which I don't resent, mm -hmm. this is how I'm going to have to do this. So like sports widows is sexist. Wait, what? This book? Sexist? <laughs> oh no. But people have always enjoyed... I, how I justify this in my, in my mind is, well, we're not watching them fight to the death with swords. This is better than it was. The lion's in the cage, right? Right. You know, men are angry. Why? If you're getting the picture by now, I'm not getting the picture. 
<laughs> so many of you guys have been told that adventurous spirit behind them and be responsible, meaning live only for duty. All that's left are pictures of the wall of days gone by and maybe some gear piled in the garage. Does he want to go for a hike? But he does go for hikes. Right. What is the adventure? It's no coincidence that many men fall into an affair, not for love, not even for sex, but by their own admission for adventure. It's for sex. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but he, okay. you know, you I know what the adventure is. Yes. I know yes. what the adventure is. And he can't have it because we don't do that. The adventure is colonization. The adventure. Yes. Subjugation. Is, yeah. It's subjugating somebody else. Yes. Because everything that he harkens back to, everything that he wants to do, this book, this book is white male rage. This, this book, yeah. This book wants to go back to having things to conquer, things to subjugate. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's that's how I'm a man, is to enact my adventurous, violent mm-hmm. will on somebody else and to have permission to do that and for that to be fine. Being jealous of past ways, watching John Moon movies mm-hmm. and wishing, wish if only that could be me, you know, like, right. and, and what's going on or uh, watching Gunsmoke or whatever the hell and being like, I wish that could have been, been me. Um, Chad actually said several months ago, like he was looking at pictures of his grandfather whose heyday was in the fifties. And he's like, Oh, that would have been such a romantic time to be alive. And I said, not for myself, it would not have been. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> really wouldn't have been well it, which is so funny because like what am i doing now i'm a stay-at-home mom on a farm <laughs> so how different would my life have been i guess i get to you get to vote though I, yeah i get to vote i get to vote and wear pants and and have your own to- credit card and a bank account if you so choose no, kidding. yeah and that's just not, it, it's just it's not appealing to me at all and like, imagine for me oh i don't want to it's that's that's unthinkable like it's just it's no oh thank you friend no i no absolutely not i mean could we even be friends probably not no so it's just like and that's recent past that's yeah that's right there yes that's right there yeah so this is this chapter sends things to me when he wishes he's romanticizing the horrific ways of old mm-hmm. being bummed that he wasn't born a century sooner when he he could ride it on horses and kill and subjugate and uh dominate women yeah looking for his beauty like oh god Ugh. Ugh. but all of this like it starts it starts with musings about this animal and this book I think like it treats men like animals. Like yes. it's just this animalistic everything. But then he even, you know, what what is a man for? Why does God create Adam? What is a man for? If you know what something is designed to do, then you know its purpose in life. A retriever loves the water. A lion loves the hunt. A hawk loves to soar. It's what they're made for. And then I said, how the fuck do you know what a retriever loves? What a hawk loves? What a lion loves? Like, how do we know that that's not like... Like Chad and being a mechanic and being like, oh, this is something I can do, but I don't necessarily enjoy this. Like, we right. don't, I don't know what a lion loves to do. They hunt because they have to eat. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, I go to the store because I have to eat. Right. Would I kill something if I couldn't? Probably. I wouldn't enjoy it. No, you would love it because that's what you were designed to do. You're right. And it's like, no, like we are all, we're all designed to do a lot of things. Like the problem with this is none of us are designed to do just one thing. And if we were, I don't know that I would love that. Like we are designed, the things that we are designed to do, 
we just do anything done too much, then it becomes a job. And then I don't yes. want to do it anymore. Right. But like, again, a retriever loves the water. Maybe they do, but they also Maybe. just love hanging out with their people. Or yeah, My dog is probably tired of me throwing that stick for him. He's like, well, let's just quit throwing this away. I keep bringing it back. <laughs> she keeps throwing it. Maybe you know? Why can't she just hang on to it? She keeps losing her stick. <laughs> And meanwhile, like the retriever's favorite part of the day might be like, oh, that moment, you know, when the little kid comes over and sits next to me and we, you know, just before we fall asleep and take a nap. Like we don't know what delights anything or anybody else. But this whole book is just coming from his very white male limited view and just being like, oh, this is what I see. So this must be what this means to this thing or to this person. And no, John, you don't know. But and and men being an animal, he's very much, very much putting that next to it. Dogs love this, lions love this, birds love this, men, men another animal. Mm-hmm. And what do what do animals get? They get they're off the hook for instinctive behavior. Right. There is a puppy on the farm and I call it my stepdog because I didn't know that I was gonna have to like puppy proof my yard. So like <laughs> Stuff has been getting carried away, literally carried away. And mm-hmm. now I'm used to it. It's like, oh, damn it. I should not have left that outside. But that I'm annoyed at the puppy. I sometimes don't like the puppy, but puppy's going to do puppy things. Right. And that's kind of what he's setting up the man for. Well, boys will be boys. Right. And it's, it's of this whole context of, like, the man can't help but look at pornography because he doesn't have his beauty. Right. Like, oh, my God. There's a lot, like, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> <laughs> John, are you okay? Are you okay? (laughs) Yes, it was very concerned. What makes pornography so addictive is that more than anything else in a lost man's life, it makes him feel like a man without requiring a thing of him. The less a guy feels like a real man in the presence of a real woman, the more vulnerable he is to porn. (laughs) But I remember when I read that, I was like, I didn't see that. I didn't see that coming. No. Right? Like, what what just happened? What just happened? And what is, yeah, and then I don't even, I don't even want to know what a real woman is. (laughs) Well, if you were one, you would know, so. (laughs) Yes, you'll never know. This book can only do so much. This book can't help you, Marla. (laughs) Although Marla Hooch got her man, so. She did. It had to be you. (laughs) Um, Oh, my God. It did get her man. She did. Being herself. And yes, and loving Norman for exactly who he was. Who he was. <laughs> who he looks like he crunched numbers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a confident man. Absolutely. Saw her, liked what he saw. Yeah. I'll take her home. Yep. And she threw him over her shoulder and took him home. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Every man knows something's happened, something's gone wrong. We just don't know what it is. What is it? What is it? I spent 10 years of my life in the theater. They were, for the most part, joyful years. I wonder what that means. I bet there's a whole story there. My wife was part of it. We had many close friends. Why did he leave? He said, I tell you this so you understand what I'm about to reveal. And then he tells a stupid-ass dream. (laughs) Yes! And And that's every man's fear to be exposed, but like... To be found out, to be discovered as an imposter and not really a man. <laughs> Dream has nothing to do with acting. It has <laughs> everything to do with acting, you dumb dumb. It's, all, it's literally about it. It's literally about So the whole dream is 
that he's about to perform, the house is packed, and he doesn't know his lines. Sounds like a nightmare. Dun, dun, dun. What could this mean? He's exposed. He said, I don't know my lines. I don't even know my cues. This is the worst dream it's ever had. These people, their lives are so easy. They have to make them difficult somehow. He's he's in a large Broadway-style playhouse. Aspirational for all actors. Paralyzed with fear. That would never happen to you, John. You're too excited to be out there. A play is underway. And I've got a crucial part. I have no idea what play it is. There's one thing a man does know. He knows he is made to come through. Can I, will I come through? I think what exhausts me is the lack of, and this is something that I feel more confident in because I always had these feelings of what is going on? Like, Mm -hmm. what are we talking about? No, literally what? Okay. What are we talking about? And Mm -hmm. like that question would always just get washed away, like with this book. But this is what, this is what bothers me is what are we talking about? Come through how? But that means something for different for everyone. Right. Different day to day, moment to moment, situation to situation. And nobody's going to get it right every time. Right. And especially not if you're trying to come at it with this book that's given a prescription for everyone, but no one knows what it is. What do you do now that you don't act anymore? I realized at that moment that my whole life felt like a performance, like I'm always on. I felt in every situation that I must prove myself again. After I spoke or taught a class, hoping they would say it went well, each counseling session felt like I need to... Is he a counselor? Or is it... Surely it's not him getting counseling. He was a counselor briefly. But that's what he's talking about is him counseling, not him in counseling. Each counseling... No, him offering counsel. Felt like a new test. Can I come through again was my last success all that I had. One of my clients got a promotion. He came in depressed. Oh my God. (laughs) Sometimes it really is as simple as having a job you hate. <laughs> yeah. Why did you quit theater? Clearly, you loved it. He and I don't... There are a lot of things I'm not going to say about John that I think. Theater guy, whatever. This, yeah. I underlined, um, this is the second mention of his dear friend, Brent. Mm-hmm. Um, in, the first, in the first chapter, first or second, I can't remember. But he talked about when his dear friend, Brent, died and how he was so devastated. Brent died? Brent died. Spoiler alert. Oh, but that already happened earlier in the book. So, um, but then <laughs> I was, I was, I'm, this book is just confusing. Cause I'm like, you're talking about, again, your dear friend, Brent, and you're having these deep and meaningfuls, but then a big part of this book and captivating is talking about how men don't do that. Women are relational. Men do not have these conversations. Men just grunt at each other and understand. So how are you like everything about this book? Not, not, none of this is you. My God. There are there are queer undertones, in my opinion. I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to either, but it got too weird. <laughs> I don't want I I don't want to say it because I personally don't enjoy being stereotyped. I don't want to make stereotypical assumptions. That being said, there are that being undertones. said, there are undertones. There, there are, are undertones. Undertones. So I because. It's it's like the Seinfeld episode. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's listen, listen. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's in. But I think I can see someone. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just gonna say this book feels like a a betrayal. Again, I felt betrayed by him, like finding out he's a theater person. Yes. I mean, you're writing shit like this, Um, and especially 
as a theater guy, this is an attack on other theater guys. Right. Like, it just is. So this book feels like a betrayal, and you don't write this much betrayal without having betrayed yourself first. And, and that's that's why this was just so, like, hard to read. It was, like, you are, you are the imposter right now. Mm-hmm. You are resenting your clients for their own... They're your clients, I mean, like... They're your clients. You, they're coming you, in for help. That is why I don't go to therapy. Like, not saying that that's, like, a healthy choice, but I can't stand the thought of somebody hearing me talk and, like, do you want to talk to me? Because I'm paying you to. So, I can't... That, it, I'm, you know what and, I mean? Like, and a good therapist... Yes, they want to talk. A good therapist right. would not would not do this. Right. So this is just like yes, and there are good therapists. I, I there do are understand. good therapists. Yes, it is hard to find. But like to think of a counselor sitting with his clients, just resenting them and thinking, "Good grief!" Like uh, <laughs> psychiatry, five cents. I mean, uh, he can't. It's it sounds like he is writing something for himself to cope with his life choice of ministry or whatever or whatever yeah, he loves what, the, and he loves the movies Legends he the loves Fall. he loves a movie yeah more than anything yes like that's that's where you put that's where you put all this energy you stop theater but now you are losing yourself in these films and seeing mm-hmm. seeing what you want to see in these mm-hmm. films these very white films these very western again mm-hmm. this is this is a colonization fantasy because even you can tell the creation story in so many ways and see so many things in it. But when he's talking about it, let's uh, Adam and all his sons after him are given an incredible mission. Rule and subdue, be fruitful and multiply. Here is the entire earth, Adam. Explore it, cultivate it, care for it. It is your kingdom. Whoa, talk about an invitation. This is permission to do a heck of a lot more than across the street. It is a charter to find the equator. It is a commission to build Camelot. I believe Adam was given a garden <laughs> and asked like to care to care for that. But like when you're focusing in on the rule and the subdue, like the earth was literally minding its business. Like you were put here to help, just to help out. <laughs> The trees do not need you to whip them into shape. The lions do not need your help. Like, no. just here's your little, not even your little plot of land. Here you are on this plot of land. It belongs to itself. And if you want some fruit from it, if you want, like, do what you need to do to exist in this space. But this world does not need you to subdue it. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. What the, what the, where's the... Uh... And especially when you can't subdue your damn self. Oh, he mentions Legends of the Fall. So, like, mm-hmm. I am a deep dive person. And a couple of years ago, I had to know every detail of how World War One began. So I dove in and I read things and I watched documentaries. And Legends of the Fall was in that time. So I watched mm-hmm. it. And it's funny, the Tristan character, Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. he had some, in that movie, he had some absolutely horrific things take place. So I'm thinking, did we watch the same film, first of all? Yeah. You want to be Brad Pitt? Just say you want to be Brad Pitt, okay? Especially peak 90s Brad Pitt? Yes. 
fine. I can see how you'd want to be that. Uh, one of the other brothers, Samuel, died of tear gas in the war, had a horrific death. So I don't. So I guess if you see yourself as someone that's been murdered for fighting a war that they didn't want to fight, because Samuel didn't want to go. No, oh. wait, one of them. One of them did want to go, and one of them didn't. And the little brother went, and he was murdered. I'm just no, no, no. Keep going, but I gotta He's... find. I gotta find his quote about Samuel because he because... mentions him in earlier. Because these, these, these characters, like seeing yourself as Alfred or Samuel would be like seeing yourself, if I'm remembering correctly, which someone listening might say, that's not how the movie went. So I understand that. <laughs> one of them dies tragically and one of them um, had to make hard choices. And the Tristan was the, the hot celeb of the brothers, but he also had terrible, terrible things take place. Like that, the fact that you would like to be a part of that movie mm-hmm. is disturbing to me. Yeah. And I will say it was a good, it, I, I don't like to call movies good or bad. It was a, it was a, it was a good movie. <laughs> I enjoyed the historical aspect of it because it's to me it didn't romanticize. Like it made the horror of that time, uh, the horror of prohibition, the horror of World War One weaponry, the horror of the treatment of women and um, indigenous people. Like that, that horror was well displayed in my opinion. So. I find that a funny choice to identify with is what I'm saying for him. Well, let me, let me read you what he says about these brothers. This is a later chapter. No, this is earlier. All right. Alfred, the eldest is practical, pragmatic, cautious. He heads off to the big city to become a businessman and eventually a politician. Yet something inside him dies. He becomes a hollow man. Samuel, the youngest is still a boy in many ways, a tender child, literate, sensitive, timid. He is killed early in the film. And we know he was not ready for battle. That's okay. I am a movie person. That is the most you cannot describe those brothers in that fashion. No, but he did. He did. That's and what, that that's that's it's gospel now, Jenna. This is how it is. This is the truth. All right, fine. Samuel wasn't ready for battle. I guess he wasn't ready to get caught in barbed wire and gassed and stabbed. Alfred, I'm not gonna do this to you. Just as your friend, I'm not gonna do this to you. <laughs> As a friend in the show, I'm not going to do this. There are so many problematic elements of like them, him marrying his girlfriend and his brother being jealous, and then she commits suicide. It's just very, this is a tragic, tragic story. And to hear that take, okay. But his thing is nobody, and then there's Tristan, the middle son. He is wild at heart. It is Tristan who embodies the West. He catches and rides the wild stallion, fights the grizzly with a knife, and wins the beautiful woman. I have yet to meet a man who wants to be Alfred or Samuel. I have yet to meet a woman who wants to marry one. Tristan's wife was murdered because he wouldn't submit his moonshine bootlegging business. Like his story, like he is the hunky hero, but he's not. His story is a tragedy, an absolute tragedy. And it's just so interesting. The little brother, I don't know. I, I told myself I wasn't going to do this to you. I'm not going to do it to you. That's to see that take. Uh, okay. And then he says about Braveheart, he says, I've talked to many men about the film Braveheart. Every single one of them would love to be William Wallace, the dangerous warrior hero who sees themselves, mostly themselves as Robert the Bruce. Okay. He, it's, it's such a reflection on, in my, in, in my uneducated opinion, on his own view of himself, because what did William Wallace want at the start of the movie? He, he fell in love and he wanted, he wanted to have his farm. He wanted to stay at home. The crux of that movie is he did not want to go to war. Right, right. 
he did not want to go. And he it wasn't even for the murder of his wife. I mean, that, that sparked a murderous rage, but it was for the freedom of the land, you know. He watched his friend's wife get carried off on their wedding day to be raped by an English soldier. Everything around him, around William Wallace, was in that movie. I'm not going to speak to his history. Right, but the because... whole point is he did not want to go. Right. He did not want to go. Robert the Bruce, he he was, would you call that weak? Would you call um, diplomacy and being a person of morals in the closed rooms where the handshakes get taken? Is that weakness? Like, it's, right. it's, 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 it's just interesting. But it's everybody, it's literally Robert the Bruce fighting the battle in his way. Right. Like, he's like, I'm not, I'm not a horse guy. I'm not the outside man. So right. I am trying to figure <clears throat> out for better or worse, how to survive in this situation, how to set my people and myself up yes. and for our best. This is this is the battle I'm fighting, and this is the way that I'm fighting it. And he had some heartbreak. He, I mean, while his, his dad was locked away with his face falling off, one of the most disturbing things I read right here is, I'm afraid I'm more like Commodus in Gladiator. Like, that is a real thing to say about yourself mm-hmm. out loud. Mm-hmm. And all of these things, again, these are movies. These are scripted people written to get a point across in an hour, in 90 minutes to 120 minutes, right? So we don't have time to get into the nuances of why this person is like this and why this, like this, we need within the first 10 minutes to catch people's attention. We need to know who the villain is, who the good guy is. Yeah, the stage has to get set so that we can move move into the real meat of it, which is so interesting that you say that because that is 100% true. And look at the radical takes, the radically different takes that I present, having not even seen these movies in several years. Right. The interpretation is everything. Right. Um, And so like Braveheart, Braveheart I know. Braveheart was was also an evangelical, like love for a long I will time never there. forget I will never forget so like I was 12 and my mom was always very much you know I couldn't there's a lot that I couldn't watch you know mm-hmm. Smurfs was off the table because <laughs> Gargamel um, drew a, a pentagram uh, allegedly is that why <laughs> one time that's what I was told but <laughs> yeah I actually DVR'd one the other day because I was like let's find out what's so evil about this but then I just couldn't bring myself to watch it uh <laughs> The Holy Spirit convicted you. Yeah, totally. I get it. And, oh, there's just a lot that was off the table. Anything horror-related, you know, a good chunk of Nickelodeon was just inappropriate. Mm -hmm. And then anything with any kind of sexual undertone, not okay. Which, like, I don't want to... I'm 12 years old. I'm in eighth grade. My sister is 10. And we sit down to watch this movie. And it's Braveheart. Make it make sense. I first of all, I'm consi- I'm just like horrified now. Like, <laughs> like, why, why, why was that an okay choice, Mom? Like I can think of, I mean, like the the impaling, the like the everything, and then God, there's like a full on nude sex scene, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. why, Mom? This, is, <laughs> this this might be like a whole other whole other question, whole other episode. Like, why was Braveheart? What? How did this become part of the evangelical canon? Yes. Because Christians loved it. And yes, sat down with their children who could not watch the Smurfs, could not like anything but Braveheart. Braveheart was fine. Thumbs up. I I guess martyring is hot. Everybody loves a martyr, wants to be a martyr. 
Yep. Mm. And the F word, freedom. Freedom. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I know Braveheart. Legends right. of the Fall, I don't know if I've ever seen it. Um, it, it again, it, it, these yeah. are very, these are very white, white movies. But see, but, that, that makes sense though, because that, that it wouldn't show up as far as it not showing up in, for being a white movie, yes. But not showing up in like the way Braveheart showed up, because that movie is very gray. Well, well, um, so Braveheart, I knew, I know the story, so I know what happens to his wife. So I didn't know that about Legends of the Fall, but it disturbed me, like, him using Braveheart so much because he's fine with women being murdered in service of a man's plotline. Yes. Like, like he, you know, a man wants to fight, fight in a battle, and he says a woman wants it, like, an irreplaceable role in a battle. Mm-hmm. And it's fine if that role is... My death. And, and guess for what? For your battle. That's two, that's, that's two, two man pain deaths in Legends of the Fall and the one man pain death in uh, Braveheart. I mean, those are, those are the moments that fuck them up the most. And so you're asking for that. Like, you're okay with that. Well, just what you said. Like, oh, then it transitions into... <laughs> and it's like, John, would you, would you kind of want, like, the woman in your story? Yeah. What's his wife's name? Stacy? Stacy? Like, is, she, is, she, is she safe? Stacy, Stacey, are you okay? Yeah. You are, he's like, so you're my captive, and you're going to write a book called Captivate. <laughs> like, yeah, Stacy, are you safe? Because I are you, think... You're probably not, because he wants to be a dangerous man. Yeah, he, he, I feel like your death could be a catalyst for a murderous rampage, so please, Stacy. Right. <laughs> Yeah, he's I mean, very really okay with women dying in service mm-hmm. to a man's plotline, a man's mm-hmm. growth. Like, hey, if that's what you got to do to help him out, I—that's another list question I'll put on my um on my list for chat. Um, in case of my untimely demise, would you feel motivated? Would it help you go forward? And then he'd be horrified and. <laughs> Why? No, no, I need you. No, you say, do I need to die for you to be inspired? <laughs> is that is that how I could best be the Azer Canado to you? That, <laughs> that question would horrify him. Absolutely. Because one of the things that I do appreciate about him, and this is not condescending, it's it just there's not a good way to explain it, is that he grew up freer than me as far as a lack of indoctrination. And so there's a lot of things that just don't bother him that if I were to bring it up, it'd be like, uh, hey. <laughs> and uh, which is which is nice, because like if I was with somebody who was going through this like me, who knows what would happen. Yeah. So his lack of um, experience I don't know. This is just—he uh, has an innocence in a way that is inspiring. So, like me asking him these questions would be like, "What? <laughs> no." <laughs> useful. This list cracks me up. Useful things I can do. This is not his list, right? No, this is Garrison oh, yeah. Keeler. Garrison. Yeah. The Book of Guys. That sounds terrible. <laughs> this is written by a comedian. Right. So this is I'm, most likely satire. It's most likely satire or tongue in cheek. Yeah. But yes, continue. So from the Book of Guys. <laughs> Be nice. Make a, I should hang this in my six-year-old's room. Be nice. Make a bed. Dig a, dig a hole outside, please. <laughs> it, write books. Sing alto or bass. Do men sing alto? No. Tenor. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's a whole different thing. Yeah. Read a map. Drive a car. <laughs> Things I can't do. Chop down big trees and cut them into fireplace. Okay. Handle a horse, train a dog, or attend a herd of ants. Handle a boat without panicking. 
<laughs> uh, handle, okay, throw a fastball, curve, or slider, load, shoot, clean a gun, bow, or arrow. Use either of them to a spear. Nobody's using spears here. Net, snare, boomerang, blow. No one's using blow guns either. Defend myself with my bear. <laughs> okay. Again, He's, comedian yes, writing yes, comedy. Yes. Yeah. No, no. So that's funny. Like, if I was listening to someone say, I can't use a spear or, or a boomerang or a blow gun. Like, <laughs> that's, that's funny. Maybe it's okay for a person. For a person. Mm-hmm. For a guy. A woman would, would go down the list and say, what does it matter if a guy can handle a boat, bag of deer? Okay, I know I'm talking about Chad too much. So we uh, went on, like, it's more a camping trip. And there's, like, I live in the wild west of the whole other world. And he did shoot a deer. And he hadn't done that in probably eight to ten years. And he was very much... Because a lot of these people, like, they do they do put the deer in the freezer. Like, mm-hmm. sport hunting is not a thing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he just didn't like it. He was like, we had the meat. But yeah. The, the whole point he didn't like it he could do it could he mm-hmm. could he could he handle the weapon to shoot the deer yes could he care for the weapon yes could he process the animal yes but at the end of it he had regret he's like i didn't enjoy killing that this is different now and i didn't need to do that i didn't enjoy processing it and i don't think i need to do that again because the last you know eight ten years we were going on these trips and he and i were just like camping along for the trip mm-hmm. and then a couple years ago he thought maybe i do want to do this he did not want to do this all that to say this image is so interesting to me because if you're if you're on a boat somebody who can handle it what this is just so funny to me these things come up all the time okay handle a horse okay there are horse people near me a cowboy last couple weekends ago was talking about how much he wants a boat but the whole group was making fun of him because he we know that he that he's scared of boats and he doesn't know how to do it and and his wife is like yeah it would be me driving the boat it's just like i'm seeing men who have like who handle horses who handle boats who hunt mm-hmm. animals they don't need to do all those things right like no one was questioning manhood because you don't know how to drive a boat like <laughs> you I know I'm getting- don't know how to drive a boat <laughs> It's, it's just so interesting, like these cliches. The comedian is making them, is using these cliches to kind of make fun of the cliches. And John right. Aldridge is like, no, this is manhood. And <laughs> I want to know what's going on. Oh, then this disturbing hiking trip where the locals pop out with yeah. these huge knives and shotguns and pistols. Like, first of all, wherever you were hiking, you should not have been there. If the locals feel the need to do this. Oh, this this is a, this is a, a work of fiction. This is his self fan did not, that this did, not, did not, happen. not happen. This didn't that, happen. I, I read when I was reading this, I was like, this didn't happen. There's just no way. This didn't happen. A womanly view of manhood. See, that's why this book is secretly for women because mm-hmm. they're getting into our head. Well, why do you need the girl girl? Oh, that's just a women view, womanly view of manhood. And it's Crazy and it's nice. and it's not like when I think of a man, you can't even throw a curveball. What do I care? You might care. You like sports. Right. Maybe, maybe that's on your list. That's fine. I, I like watching. Please don't throw a curveball at me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, what do I think? This this is a very toxic view of of masculinity. Earlier in the book, you know, he asked, would you rather, you know, have a nice guy or a guy who's like, oh, he's kind of dangerous. I'm like, nice guy. I want a nice guy. I want a nice guy. And that's not saying you don't. I would think from your description, Chad sounds like a nice guy. He's a, he's a, but yes. also has these skills, has these, Chad could kill me with his bare hands. 
if he so decided, but he wouldn't, I would hope, because he's a nice guy. Yes. I think John wants a man who you're constantly afraid. Right. Like you're very aware. Oh, he could kill right. me. Right. At any moment. Okay. Well, John. And he might because a, he's a caged lion. There's a thing called kink. And <laughs> we, if you if you want to feel afraid, we can find that for you. Yeah. You said it. You said it really well. My whole point is what I've said about Chad is he was born into this um, culture. So these things that he's learned how to do are happenstance of his upbringing. Mm-hmm. Is he good at them? Yes. But they kind of happened just through him, just if that makes sense. And to, to his resentment, not resentment, to detriment sometimes, because it piles on the list of things that he needs to do. And the whole whistling thing. I, um, but the, it's, an, it's an insult to theater people. That theater, he, yeah. Um, it's annoying. <laughs> Preaching to the choir. What is a man for? Oh. What is a man for? What is a man for? But again, I think who who is who is the man dangerous to? Who and what is the man dangerous to? John wants to be dangerous, but he like I said, he wants to be dangerous to other people, I think, to the earth, to other men, maybe. But like you, you, you only, he wants to be a threat. He like, wants to be he wants other people to feel threatened yes. by him. Trepidation. Right. But no one is going to and and what is this based on? Because if if this is a Christian book and the <laughs> ultimate man is Jesus. Like all these boat stories, I'm thinking about Jesus. Never do we hear about Jesus like driving the boat. This no, dude's always sleeping on the boat, he did. walking he by he, it. He was probably seasick and went down below and took a nap. And then he used space magic to stop the storm. Right. He was not, he was After not he driving got the out boat. of the boat. Like he's not driving the boat. He's not, I'm not driving that. I'll walk home. Do you Forget know what Jesus, Jesus isn't doing? He's not, he's not fishing. He is using his God magic to distribute fish. Yeah. He's, he's what, not. What manly activity do we ever hear about Jesus participating? Like it seems like he's always sending somebody to get something. He's. <laughs> he doesn't buy his own shit. He takes somebody else's donkey to ride through town. Mm-hmm. He gets annoyed by the fig tree. So he curses it. Mm-hmm. So the only, maybe not the only, but like one of the, the primary physical thing I can think of Jesus doing right now, the most manly thing is fashioning that whip to go tear up the temple. Yes. Like that's, yes. that's the most physical that's, thing I can think of. That's the and most again, violent thing. That's the most violent thing he did. That is who, the only violent thing he did. Who is that violent against? Who is that threatening? Could, it be, could it be John with his books in the foyer? <laughs> I think so. This is who Jesus is dangerous to. So yes, men, be dangerous like Jesus. Be dangerous to the systems. Be dangerous to your friends' mindsets. Be dangerous to the old customs and the old ways. But John is trying to drag us all back. No, these are the glory days and this is what what we're trying to get to. And it's just this idea of of like the ideal being regression. And like going back, it's like, was Adam, were Adam and Eve put here to maintain and just stay there forever? Or were they put here to, you know, progress for us to Mm -hmm. get to a place where you don't have to chop down your own tree every day and kill an animal? Like, exactly. You can go to an office and crunch numbers. Right. Like, who's to say Adam wasn't out there wishing? Like, no, I have all these skills and I can do all these things. But you know That's what I would these... really like? To just go and think about numbers. 
Yes, without getting into the, you know, yes, society is terribly fucked up. But people have created this system. The system went off the rails. Oh, yeah. But, but there is a system of, okay, I can go into a store so that I don't have to toil, okay? Right. Like, should there be more local toiling? Yeah. <laughs> yes. But you know what I mean? Like, at, so, at some point, something became easier and better, and we chose that part. And that's not necessarily wrong. It, no, that's, that's, I would think, fighting against the curse, right? Because the curse mm-hmm. was toil. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, yes. So if we don't have to do that anymore, right. yay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, saving private Ryan. Jesus Christ. The man loves a movie. You're right. He loves a movie more than anything because so he's do a movies. theater guy. <laughs> yes, there's an art to it. Obviously, I appreciate it. Um, ugh, Hamburger Helper. There's a, there's a certain thing I'm looking for. I'm thinking in the Adam story, something that's so interesting. Like, okay, if it's only you and your wife and God, just the three of you. And then somebody else comes up and says, um, just so you know, the, did the serpent lie? The serpent he did not lie. lie. He did serpent, not lie. No lies detected. That's it. He told the absolute truth. He did. And Absolutely. that version of God is a, con- a control freak. And turns out, yeah, that's a whole other level of disturbing. But the serpent did not lie. Serpent didn't lie. Mm-mm, not at all. So we talked about that because, I mean, you'd be shocked to discover that chapter three of Captivating is called... A haunting question? The question that haunts something. Something, same thing. But this is about Adam. That's about Eve. And so, yeah, it goes into the story and how she's tricked and blah, 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 whatever. But yeah, we talked, like, there were, the serpent did not lie. In fact, he exposed that she's living in an abusive relationship with God. Right. Right. And meanwhile, because, you know, they talk about, oh, Adam's standing right there and Adam didn't do anything. So that's where Adam failed and whatever. I'm like, on a more sinister piece, if we assume that they knew even what death was, right? Right. Then Adam just stood there. (laughs) He's like... (laughs) No, let's see. Yeah, let's see how it goes. Yeah, let's try this. You yeah. Try it. No, go for yeah. it. Yeah, you try it first. You try. Yeah. yeah, I like this plan. Oh, you're okay? Okay. Yeah. I'll try it now. I'll try it. But Ugh. the serpent didn't lie. You know, the serpent did not lie. I mean, that's and that's in that's in the Bible. With you can read that with zero interpretation, zero zero concordance, deep deep dive study. It's right lie. there. Yep, right. It's right there. But then you have to turn your cognitive dissonance on immediately. Yes. Immediately. Because the question, the the issue, the issue becomes the question, right? It's not the problem. Is that they ask the question? Well, it works for narrative, Scott. Yes, and, right. and, and it helps for the male subjugation of women mm-hmm. because pesky, pesky women, pesky women tempting me. That's what mm-hmm. they do. That's what they do. That's what they do. And now I got to watch porn. <laughs> <laughs> but not because it's about sex. No, it's for the adventure. <laughs> I need an adventure. <laughs> Let me turn on private browsing. Oh, God. <laughs> but it, at the end of, not even the end of this chapter, there was still more. And <laughs> I was wrote, what the fuck does John want from men? What does he want? Because there's no, these, this book and Captivating, Captivating does the same thing to women. It just, you walk away not knowing, I don't know what I'm doing right. I don't know how to do anything right, but I know what I'm doing wrong. And this book is saying everything. I'm doing everything wrong. It, it doesn't matter what kind of man I am, I guess, unless you are Tristan going face to face with a grizzly bear and a knife. If you're not doing that, you're probably not a real man. And I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Oh God. He made it that far into the movie, huh? <laughs> he, I wonder how much more of that you're going to have to experience. Oh, I'm sure plenty. This is only chapter three and there's nine more when we why does a man 
long for battle because when we enter the story, we step we step into a world at war. You're not born into a sitcom or a soap opera. This isn't America's, America's Got Talent. I, I just go pursue your stage writing, your script writing. Because this is a work of fiction. You should have just put your hand to some real fiction. Yes. yes. That could have been enjoyable, maybe. But deal deal with your stuff on your time, John. Because <laughs> this, this is toxic. You don't need a course in psychology to understand men. Well, then why are you writing this book? <laughs> oh, so this interaction, uh, driving back from dinner one night, a friend and I were sort of shooting the breeze about life and marriage at work, which I thought men didn't do. But I thought maybe. men didn't do that. I can tell you men, men do that. Chad gets phone calls. It's so funny. Like on his way home from work, like one of his friends calls him every night on his way home from work. And like, usually he comes in on the phone. I'm like, oh, is that your gal pal, Wiley? <laughs> like if one of my friends called, if any of my friends call me, I assume someone died. Like men are, they're always chatting on the phone. He's like, yeah. anyway, that's so funny. Okay. His friend feels like I'm BSing my way through life. Someday I'll be exposed as an imposter. I was so surprised. Popular, successful, bright, articulate, handsome, athletic, married to beautiful woman. He says, there's nothing on the outside that says not really a man. Okay, but what is the thing? What is he posing? Like, what? what is the thing? What is the thing? Then that, that whole phrase. He's married to a beautiful woman, has a great job, drives a new truck, lives in a big house. And nothing says not really a man. So something says really a man. Those things say really a man. And it's like, okay, I don't know that this person exists. (laughs) (laughs) That's number one. But also it's like, that's just, that's life. Like, I think we all, capitalism has taught us, yeah. these are the things you need to be happy. And then we all get to the point where we're like, oh, this doesn't actually work. Right. And so, okay, what do I really want? What do I really need? That's not a male thing. That's not a, right. I think that's just a life thing. And you cannot write a book because the answer is going to be different for everyone. Yes. And I, for some men, it is going to be, oh yeah, I think I need a weekend away. I think I need to go into the woods and uh, chop down a tree. For some men, it's going to be, you know what? I need to go. I need, I need my video game time. Right. I need, I need my sports time. Right. I need to go read a book. Yeah. I need to listen to some music. I need to go to a concert. Yeah. I need to knit. I need to do some <laughs> pottery. I need like whatever it is. Yeah. I yeah. need to go do my thing because all the things society has said, <laughs> they're not working for me. Yes. And it, it's funny because you like, I feel like the people that have, that are like reading this book with you that have filtered kind of just gotten filtered out is bec- it, a lot of that is for questioning and it's like an innocent questioning yeah. and they want, you read this book and you think, okay, this is how I need to be. And it's vague. And it's controlling that you're you're stepping into a certain type of role and you step into it. And I think like there's there's a difference in thinking like like I think to myself, there's things that I wish I would have known about myself sooner so that, that I could have pursued. And that doesn't mean that I'm a poster. Right. Because I have things, I have aspirations, maybe lofty, but the, but the fact that I'm not doing that doesn't make me a poser, you know, right. like, I'm just not able to, or I don't know how to, or I'm still figuring out how to. I don't know if that makes sense, but it does. And the same is true on the other end. Like if I've done this thing for this long and now I don't like it anymore, or I just don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> that's okay. Like I'm not right. a poser because, oh, I used to really enjoy this and now I don't. Mm-hmm. Or are you a poser because you really enjoyed something and then whatever society you're living in told you you can't enjoy that anymore and now you're writing books? <laughs> For example. Yeah. Oh. Could that be something? Yeah. So this book is toxic masculinity on 
just on steroids. Yeah. yeah. So I just just did chapter three of Captivating with with another mom. But she's a girl mom. So she has two girls. So you're a boy mom, two boys reading this book coming out of a lot of this kind of toxicity, which is very purity culture adjacent. What are you going to teach your boys? What are you teaching your boys about being boys, about being men? Like how has, how has deconstructing changed and affected that? Yeah, it's made it a lot more difficult because uh, there are template follow as far as we go to church and this is how you do it. Mm -hmm. And so um, that I can see how that would be attractive because it takes out some of the mystery of things. Uh, but then, you know, I think about how I grew up and that left a lot of things that I wasn't safe to express. Right. And so did I live in the lines? Yes. For the most part, like I think about the things that my mom would say were challenging about me. And I was like, I was not challenging. My, that would be my third sister, Hannah, that you literally, Hannah, you're probably not listening to this, but I'm about to expose you. That'd be my third sister, Hannah, that you literally moved dates from to get her out of the school so she could have a fresh start in middle school. Okay. She was difficult. All right. <laughs> I had a bad attitude because I was 12. <laughs> but I always did what you asked. All that. Mm -hmm. um, it is really interesting uh, because I grew up with three sisters. I, my friends that were having children long before I was, they all had girls. So like boy world is very new to me. It's also very gross. <laughs> it's interesting. You know, I don't like to make assumptions about gender and stereotypes. Um, mm -hmm. there, there are like little things like uh, my son says he's in first grade. So he'll come home and say, I, I I give him an option of something for himself to do and he'll say oh that's what girls do and i said boys mm -hmm. can do it and this is the same person who in the next phrase will be like i want to paint my nails because no one has no one has yeah. taken that so like that eventually will happen but i want to, them to understand that i'm not going to control their choices so like, if they want to fall into a certain stereotype then fine but it's not going to be from me i want you to be a kind person you know i want you to be able i don't want to be scary to you and like my two-year-old i mean it's partially talk with my in-laws but I haven't cut his hair, you know, and it's like long and blonde and I'm really excited for him to be Thor for Halloween. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, when his grandma or great grandma are like, he looks like a little girl. And I'm like, every time you say that, that's another month, <laughs> another month, not doing it, not cutting it because it doesn't need to, I don't know, little, little things like that. I just want them to be able to be who they are. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know what that, I don't really know what that's going to look like. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know how to do, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> I'm willfully underprepared i know that i'm going to have to be more proactive in finding physical people to do this with i want them to know about god but i don't know in what way mm -hmm. so I feel, I feel like i'm being a little too scared of it that i'm becoming passive and other people are having an, an influence there i don't, I, I, uh, I don't know <laughs> i don't know i want no. them to be kind to people i want them to be kind and that's that's really that's really all i want <laughs> Yeah. And and to not to not look at men and women as different, like maybe appreciate the differences mm -hmm. rather than them being hard, fast rules. Honestly, nobody knows how to do it and no one has ever known how to do it. And I think the beauty, the beauty of this, this now and people in this space is just that admitting, I don't know. And we're going to figure it out and we'll see. And we're, we'll do our best 
but we're not we're not going to toss this back on on God. We're not going to toss this back on Adam and Eve. And here's what went wrong thousand years ago. And these are the boxes that we're stuck in. And this is how we have to live now. Right. Like you're like no. Here's here are some options. Here yeah. are some thoughts on how things are and how they've been and why why they are that way. But here's what's available to you. And yeah. what do you think? Yeah, there, yeah. I reminded of a moment a few weeks ago because my six year old still is very much honest with me in a way people I don't think realize. Because he's like, yeah, I changed my mind that he was allowed to do something with his grandma. And he said, yeah, grandma actually prayed in the car that you would change your mind. And I was like, I wouldn't have changed my mind if I had known that. And so I told him, I, was, I said, let me be clear about something. God did not change my mind. I changed my mind. And you don't pray for someone hoping that t- to mind control them into changing their will. So nobody changed my mind but me. And I think that like, he was like, okay, I just wanted to have ice cream. Okay. <laughs> but little, little things like that, because that's, that's, a, that was a seed planted in him that yeah. grandma, grandma prayed with him and it seemed, and I did change my mind. And then, you know, then because it's like, there's still a little bit of fucked up back there. It's like, Oh, did God change my mind? Like, no, no, he didn't. But little, little things like that. You don't do that to a person. That's right. manipulation. And then, so then what if I didn't change my mind? God didn't answer your prayer. Right. So those are the little things that's like kind of, that are challenging, you know. But even, oof, like even when you just said that about like, no, that that's mind control. You don't pray for God to like change somebody else's mind, change somebody else's mind. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, you write that down for therapy on Monday. That's. <laughs> <laughs> but that yeah it's like praying for god to violate somebody else's will what that's yes that's, and we've never thought of it that way but yes. that's that's what that is that's what this book is that's yes. what both these books are is teaching you to violate your will and if you can to violate other people's mm-hmm. to become we don't even know what because we don't no even know what does he say what a real man or no. real woman is? We do not know. No. We it, just know like, we're not doing it right. That's it. And this this superficial conversation that happens with Bob, who's fairest at his wife, there's little things. Like, if you're not in a place where you have someone to talk to about these things, that is more of an issue. What he, that little snippet was not about them not feeling manly. It's them being isolated and not feeling safe with anyone to talk to about these things. Right. Which this, this is reminding me of John Bevere with all these little fake conversations. Great. Just great, Dave. The Lord is good. Dave, on the other hand, hasn't believed in the goodness of God for years, ever since his daughter was killed. What the? No shit. (laughs) What? That escalated very quickly. Why? Why? Yes. It's just like the porn. I don't know. Why is this happening? He got carried away in the drama of writing his story. Like, okay, well, I don't blame Dave. He is drama all the time. (laughs) John, go write a play. Yes, seriously. Because we don't need this here. This This is too much. That was a darkness that I didn't need to think about at the moment. Well, I'll be praying for you. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Well, gotta go. You take care. Take care is our way of saying, I'm done with this conversation. I want to get out of here, but I don't want to appear rude. So I'll say something that sounds meaningful and caring. But in truth, Dave doesn't give a rip about Bob. Damn, John! Dave lost his daughter! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, but that's true. No, we don't want to have, I don't want to talk to my neighbor at church. No, because there's just no realness there. And if Dave did say, you know what? I'm really struggling. 
since my daughter was killed and to have a Christian just turn around and be like, oh, oh, you know, all things work together for good. And mm-hmm. uh, the Lord knew. And uh, he, he saves his biggest battles for his toughest angels. Uh, take care. God bless. Be praying yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's a, it is a, a superficial religion that wants people to be as superficial as possible but also as as easy to categorize as possible so if you are a man do these things dress this way talk this way sound this way so that we can recognize you as a man and get on with the day but a man with feelings or a woman with thoughts ah and then like i married my wife without ever resolving even knowing the questions of my own soul listen undertones indeed this book is cringe Mm -hmm. constant cringe i personally resent you for having to read the word help meet i hate it so much i hate it oh what can i uh, suddenly the day after our wedding i am faced with the reality i'm going to read it in the tone that i feel that it was written in Mm -hmm. I am faced with the reality. I now have this woman as my constant companion. And I have no idea what it really means to love her. Nor if I have whatever it is she needs for me. <laughs> Look, like I said, I, I don't like to make general statements about any relationship. The day after your wedding, if you are not elated, I don't remember what I was thinking the day after my wedding. Just that I was like, I'm so happy. I'm so glad I did this. That That is when you should feel the most confidence. And then it'll degrade throughout the years. And then, <laughs> and then get built back up. You know, like, you should start on a peak. Okay? You should not start on a valley and build out of it. Like, right, we, all right. know ma- we all know that marriages have peaks and valleys. You should start mm-hmm. on a peak. Not with an, oh, my God, what have I done? Have I done? <laughs> and what am I supposed to do? with this with this woman woman (laughs) oh 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 yes uh undertones and the fact that he's like so that he feels okay putting that out there is just that's all i don't even have words just a disturbed face (laughs) that's a risk oh wait what if i offer her all i have is a man and it's not enough that's a risk i was not willing to take but I knew I had what it took at the theater, did you? And so slowly I began to spend more and more time there. Oh, this is what he's talking about, his affair with the theater that began as soon as they got married. Yeah. I began to spend more and more time there, late nights, weekends, eventually every waking moment. That sounds like a a fantasy there all the time. Late nights, weekends, Mm. every waking moment. I was hiding, like Adam, running away from the fact that my strength was being called for and I really doubted I had any. And like Welcome. over nothing, over you nothing. Are hiding. Literally yes. nothing has happened. Not like this is the day after, and you just oh, this woman, she's here. She's gonna want so much. She's literally asked you for nothing, and you have run away, and you mm-hmm. have hid in the theater. What from what? I think we. <laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> I was hiding. That's the that's the only true statement that he's made, mm-hmm. and he's not even he doesn't even mean to say it. In my opinion, 
I am hiding. I should say I am hiding. I am hiding. It's a half truth because he's still hiding. Writing this mm-hmm. book is hiding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like if I say it, then that means it's not really happening. Yeah. My strength was being called for. What strength? If you have to face your brand new marriage the next day as going into that relationship being like strength is being called for. John, give me strength <laughs> as I go forth with this woman. This woman. This woman. <laughs> day two. Oh, give me strength. Dear diary. I got married <laughs> last night. What have what I have done? done? I'm going to need all of my strength. I feel this. I'm whatever phase of parenting I'm in is like the exhausting phase. It's the age where they, in my experience, two and a half ish, they are like mad scientists and they just experiment at random and it's unhinged, uh, unpredictable and irrational. And that to me is exhausting. (laughs) So do I pray for strength or whatever I do in the morning? Like sometimes I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. But on day two of being married, (laughs) I uh, sense a little tone. Undertone? <laughs> All right. So who who is this book for? It's for women, is what I think. It is a comfort to men mm-hmm. to oh to oh you want to go break apart on someone's ass. That's that's okay. That's normal. You have violent impulses. That's fine. Women, here is how you. It's an ego boost to men, and it is for women to of to uh, how to fall into that role and make that okay and be a beard if possible. I don't know. <laughs> she said it. She said it. Not me. Not me. I never even thought it. So what's a beard? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh. looking at this book from the perspective that everything is permissible. I cannot stop a Christian John from writing a bad book as, as John. clearly evidence. Um, but not everything is beneficial. So on a scale from one to 10, 10 beneficial for everyone go get this book today down to one harmful for everyone send it to hell where would you put this book i think that this book what i read of it harmful yes i think in a in a way that if if you have a vulnerable mind and you're and you're you're wanting to submit to your leadership and uh the only person that i think this book helps and like there are trapped people who feel trapped and closeted and may not even be aware that it's their queerness. And it, if you are unable to see it, then this might help you. <laughs> but it's not good for you because if it's helping you, then you're not in a safe place mm. with yourself. Yeah. So like the person that I just mentioned, they don't even know that they're being helped because they're not even allowed to mention it you know what i mean so i can see it helping a certain person that doesn't know it's helping as far as helping them survive in a marriage that they regretted the day after all right so instead of wild at heart what is something activity book movie music anything wild whatever that means to you that you would recommend i'm just diving into all things fantasy right now i'm like betting on sports which I'm not encouraging anyone to step into gambling. I'm enjoying She-Hulk. I think it's fun. I'm doing The House of the Dragon, Murder, Betrayal, 
sex. Manly things. Love it. Loving it. Uh, what's the other one? Oh, Andor, Star Wars story. It's a very good story. Yeah, I'm enjoying those things. Those are my shows right now. All right. And is there anything, anything you didn't get to say that you want to say? Any closing thoughts? I just want the men to feel like they don't have to be into a role. I just get it together, men. <laughs> the evidence is clear. Adam and Eve's fall sent a tremor through the human race. A fatal flaw entered the original, and it's been passed on to every son and daughter. Thus every little boy and every little girl comes into the world set up for a loss of heart. Even if he can't quite put it into words, every man is haunted by the question, Am I really a man? Have I got what it takes? When it counts, what follows is the story we are personally much, much more familiar with. And that's that. Thank you for dropping in on the Bad Book Club. I certainly hope you had a better time listening than we did reading. Bad Words is an irreverent media podcast, the Legata Scratch production, and a God is not given side hustle. Produced by Janice Legata and made possible by the generous support of Jodley and Jodwilling patrons like Ashley. Thank you, Ashley. If you're enjoying this season, please let the people know by leaving a rating or a review on the podcast platform of your choice. And if you're looking for a better book experience, ask Amazon about The Grift of God and or The Divide by me, Janice Legata. And until we meet again, take care of you and be well. This has been an episode of Bad Words, but to finish up, here are some good ones. Look at where women, as far as leadership is concerned, look at where they've never been. Mm. We've never been president. Draw a picture of, of 50 women or 46 women and think, wow, that, could, that was never me. Like that, maybe it's just that simple image will help wow. you see. Do you know what I mean? Like, because some, most men, I think, think that they are on each, that we are equals. But little things like that. And if you don't know how to work on a car, don't be embarrassed that you go to the mechanic, as our friend John was.